brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. We're going to have a lot of fun today. We're playing it fast and loose. Fast some, and loose. Some might say you're in the danger zone. You're Kenny goose. Loggins would. Kenny Loggins would totally say you're in the danger zone. Everyone in the chat, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. But first, Connor, how are you? Uh, I'm in the danger zone. I love it. I was having fun with my logins there. Uh, you know what I love? The Kansas City Chiefs today popped open a bottle of Gabernet Sauvignon, if you know what I'm saying. Blaine Gabbert. We're going to talk all through that. But uh, boy, oh boy, have I got puns aplenty for Yo Gabba Gabbert. Uh, yeah, but uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. That's all I got to say. But before we get into all this Chiefs stuff, I just have to say, I went into a crawfish boil this weekend. Uh, you better believe I acted extremely Cajun. You better believe I'm sitting there shucking that crawfish just with Come a on. good old Southern accent. You know, you just got to get that real Southern molasses going on there. Wait, uh, how, how many, like, appendages does a crawfish have? Like, how many too many. How many little little things off the body? Too many. Right. And things in the body, too. Things that you don't want to know about that you are eating. Uh, but let me tell you, tastes good. And I got over my my fear of eating an animal where you can still see the eyes. Were, yeah. Like, like could, were they still moving? Like, was it no. still like... Yeah, 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 dude. They're still moving. No, I'm not eating live crawfish. You boil well, you know, them. like sometimes... Yeah, the like seasoning, like... potatoes, corn. Did you just say taters? Potatoes. Oh, man. Yeah. I... I wish you'd like shed this skin before we started the show. Yeah, just the skin of the potatoes. Uh, you had to work my way up though to the crawfish. You had to go with the potatoes, then you had to go with the corn, then you, you go to the crawfish. Work my way up to it. Uh, I've always liked fried crawfish. Yes. Uh, crawfish tails. Tell you what, it really takes the uh, makes it way easier when they do it for you. Crawfish etouffee. You're not having to actually push them, twist them. Crack them. Chris Albright says, did you suck the juices out of the head? Yes, because apparently that's where all the flavor's out. Oh. Like all, all the the seasoning, the Cajun oh. seasoning. I don't know what they do in Louisiana. We got these bad boys flown up from Louisiana just for this, okay? It was a good time. That, that sounds like that sounds like biology class. It, it, sounds, it sounds like you and your friends just went to biology class in the, like in a southern sense. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, when you dissect a frog, you eat them too. You make the frog legs oh that's disgusting so how so like how long were you freaking out and then how long were you okay with it like what percent of the time were you you know hey, let's i'm gonna call it the chief's wide receiver core that's what i'm gonna compare it to part of me is freaking what? out I'm, I'm comparing my crawfish eating to the wide the chief's wide receiver receivers okay hear me out i'm nervous i go there's no possible way this is gonna work out and behoove the chief to go into next year with this wide receiver core but then I go, wait a minute, Brett Veach is in charge. But wait a minute, everyone else around me is telling me this is a good idea. Just try it, just believe, just trust it. So I'm gonna trust it. I trust the crawfish and I trust Brett Veach. There you go, there's your crossover. The only th reference that makes sense there is that all the juice in this offense is in the head of the whole thing. That's the only way that analogy works. You know what else is great and juicy? It tastes great. Well, I mean, I don't know. That's not the segue at all. 
That said, uh, our friends at Casey Beer, forget whatever Sterling is bringing up and crazy seafood and this. I mean, I actually like seafood, but nothing Sterling brings up. But what we both agree upon and what we all love is Casey Beer. One of the latest developments from our friends at Casey Beer has been the fact that they've actually broken their own rules. They like in the past, they've said we would never do an IPA. That's generally not following the rules of their own house of, of the of the Bavarian purity laws of making beer. But in in fact, they they actually made an IPA that was so good that it was worth breaking their own rules. It's called Never Say IPA. It's their newest beer and the first IPA to hit their KC beer lineup. It's a celebration of German and American brewing traditions using hops from both German and America and as well as some German malt and yeast. So uh, the beer is refreshing. It's aromatic. You have to try it. I love it. I need some more. I'm, I, we're out. Uh, Sterling, are you out, by the way? I've, I've saved it. I still have some. I've had half of it. They gave me seven. It was a it was a six-pack that was opened, and they Ooh. put a, a seventh one in there because they know I need the extra. Squeeze that just, in. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it's delicious. It goes with everything. Uh, it's another great beer from the award-winning brewery that already had a terrific line of brews, to be honest with you. Look for the KCB or Red Carton in your local store and support us here uh, as we make silly puns talk about great beer and most of all talk about our favorite chiefs with you uh here at the arrowhead attic podcast support us by supporting them uh, do us a favor look if you're on twitter give them a shout at casey beer co uh anytime you're out even if you're buying your hundredth carton because you know we know what's good give them a shout it does make a difference i promise for them for us and for you we believe in karma in some way also please drink responsibly 21 and over only Let's get into it. Blaine Gabbert is a Kansas City Chief. This is perplexing, exciting, um, disappointing, all in one. Whichever aspect you want to look at this, you can. Uh, my first thought was, hell yeah, uh, M-I-Z-Z-O-U, Blaine Gabbert. He's a known quantity. We know Andy Reid loves his backup quarterbacks. We know all about Matt Moore, Chad Henney, Kevin Cobb with the Eagles. Like He, he likes a veteran guy as his backup. Bladen Gabbert fits that mold. But what left me scratching my head, Shane Bouchelle was kept around all of last year. I believe it was the Arizona Cardinals that reached out and like, yeah, we want Bouchelle. And the Chiefs like, no chance, partner. We're keeping him. We're yeah. going to stash him. So then that led me to believe, all right, Shane Bouchelle is the guy. He's the backup next year. Not, not the guy. The second guy, right? That's what my thought process was. Yeah. But this move has me a little bit confused what do you take away from all this? Yeah, you know, to me, here's what it is. If we see the deal and it's clear that Gabbert is the guy in terms of being the number two quarterback here, that's going to be very shocking to me. However, what, what I think, what I would predict here is that the terms of the deal will make it clear that he is veteran competition for an unproven Shane Bouchel. Remember, the last year on a Super Bowl team – you and I talked about this last night on the Arrowhead Addict breakdown hour on 810. Um, that, uh, that look, when you're coaching the Chiefs and when you're building the roster for the Chiefs in the front office, you're not building a roster for a 17-game season. You're not. You're building a roster for 20 games. That's what you're building because you know you're playing deep into the season. You need guys who are going to go – who are either reliable, durable as hell – or you need significant competition and, and depth. To me, then, the fact that the Chiefs used one full roster spot on the active roster, not a practice squad, not a – they didn't elevate him at key times. The guy was on the, the, the active roster the whole, this whole year. They, they used a spot for Shane Bouchel. You don't do that – unless you feel like he is going to be your number two guy. And if you did that, and then you're going to sign Blaine Gabbert the next year, you've wasted that spot last year. I'm sorry, you did. Uh, on what is nothing more than a developmental arm for you. So I, I, in, in some ways, the terms of the deal are going to, are going to affect the way I view this. If Blaine Gabbert comes in and says, yeah, give me a, give me a veteran minimum deal or something. And, 
I'll fight for that role and I'll I'll compete with Bouchelle and I'm here to do that. Then it's brilliant. Yeah. Because then you force Shane Bouchelle to live up to something and beat out some competition. But if you're just doing this to sit Shane Bouchelle as QB three for another year, uh, I don't get it at all. How do, how do you feel? Same exact way. Because if you're going to just say, well, he's QB three again, at some point, just cut your ties, move on. Just continuously yeah. bring in a veteran backup quarterback just year yep. after year after year. If he's never going to get a shot, why have him? What good does it serve him? What good does it serve the team? It doesn't make a ton of sense. I do think the terms of the contract will come out, and I think you're spot on. Going to be probably a veteran minimum contract. Um, it'll be a, a training camp, OTA, preseason battle, and they want Shane Bouchelle to beat someone out. You know, we keep talking about Bouchelle, and I'm firmly in, in belief that he can be the backup quarterback going forward, considering he almost won that role last year. There was a legitimate shot that he was going to beat out Chad Henney and be the backup quarterback last year. It didn't end up happening. But eventually you have to see something. Eventually we need to see if he's going to take that next step forward or else you are wasting a roster spot. The potential's great, but you know who else had potential? Tyler Bray. I mean, seriously, like, like yeah. hey, if you're, if you're yeah. going to go with the guys like, you know, big arms and all this stuff, you got to show something. So I like it. The Mizzou fan in me, that that football, which you can kind of see in the back corner, was signed by Blaine Gabbert. I love Blaine Gabbert. You know, it, it's it's great. He's a good backup. He's a good backup. He's been on a Super Bowl winning team, Tom Brady, the Buccaneers. He's been a starter, San Fran, um, Arizona. Then he went to the Titans as well. I mean, he's been around the NFL for a while now, right? So, He's been around the block. He knows a lot of different offenses. He's, he's been on a winning organization in the Buccaneers. I like the move, but at some point, too, I like the – they, they talk about the thought process of, a, the, of giving Mahomes a veteran quarterback as if it's like a, a extra quarterback coach. Mahomes is getting up there. Like, Mahomes is no kid. Yeah. Mahomes yeah. has hosted five straight AFC championship games. Like, like he doesn't need this this old man sitting over his shoulder saying, well, back in my day, son, this is what we – it's like, you don't right. need that. You, right. What more can Mahomes really learn from these guys when he's already surpassed these guys? Yeah. Um, that's just kind of where I'm at. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
I'm totally with you on this. And I you know nothing against Blaine Gabbert at all. And and I also don't want to make Shane Bouchelle out to be like, you know, some some uh, you know, savior, like some, you know, some uh incredible arm in waiting who's gonna one day be his own starter. But you know, look, the reality is, you know, if I'm if I'm Bouchelle, the ter- and and the terms of the deal come out and it's very clearly Blaine Gabbert. I mean, if he signs for three to five million dollars in a year. If I'm if I'm Bouchel, I'm pissed because then I'm like, man, I could have at least been competing for some backup reps in Arizona. Like, what are you keeping me for if 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 not to compete? So, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. And um, what will make it even more interesting is if the Chiefs find a QB that they like in the draft, who's too good of a value to pass over. I mean, if that happens, then suddenly we're going to be talking about, you know, the insanity of the of the of the depth chart here, but yeah, I, you know, I think it makes sense to have a vet. Here's also the other thing, Blaine Gabbard. If you get to know him in OTAs, you get to know him in the preseason. He doesn't have to make the team. Doesn't even have to be on the practice squad, but you have to have a short list of names during the regular season that you can call at a moment's notice and go, Hey, you're somewhat familiar here. You kind of know our guys, you know, our system. We're now in need of a guy. How soon can you be here? And um, so you're going to see Brett Veach continue to kind of poke and 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 prod at maybe some poke and prod at maybe some names that that were like wait what's he doing with that or or wait we're already deep at that position and it it's always about keeping that Rolodex. By the way, does anyone use a Rolodex these days? I don't know. Anyway, hey, I wanted to ask you as as a Mizzou fan, I know you're very familiar with Gabbert. If Gabbert was going to win this job or or impress the Chiefs in a way, like like. What would you say he does well? You know they, that it, that they could see something in him. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, we're we're talking backup quarterback, so we're not talking about you know, like, oh yeah, this guy's got monster arm, or he's gonna, you know, but he just, did, <laughs> he did, yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I mean, just like, what did you like about him in the past? Oh, he was incredible at Mizzou, but we're talking over a decade ago now. Right, I mean, he's thirty-three years old. We know who he is. We know who he is, and obviously, teams around the NFL know who he is—a solid backup. It's the same thing with Chase Daniel. You don't get the ability to continuously be a backup in the NFL unless you're bringing something to the table. It is not always being a um, a great player. Some of it is, you know, but between the ears. Some of it is, is he a good backup to, to the young guys? Does he help them? Does he bring something uh, intellectually that other people do not? Um, one, is he a hard worker? And two, does he stay out of the way too at times? You don't want your backup quarterback to be uh, all over the news. You want your your backup quarterback to put his head down when he's called upon, he's called upon, does his job. You know, I think he does all of those things. It's the reason why Chase Daniel stuck around so long. It's the reason why Blaine Gabbert stuck around so long. Um, You have to be a great teammate. Players have to like you. Coaches have to like you. Um, And again, he he was on the Buccaneers backing up Tom Brady. There was a reason, you know, I'm sure Tom Brady had some say in whoever was going to back him up, you know, truthfully, seriously. So there was something that he saw and they decided let's keep gabbing around. So that's where I'm at. I I think it's a a fine pickup. I'm going to be thrilled from the zoo aspect. But again, part of me is a little uh, confused because I do want to see Shane Bouchel eventually shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I I don't have any. I don't have any other like bigger thoughts really other than I hope it's competition. If not, I won't quite get it. But that maybe also means that the Chiefs saw maybe it just means that the Chiefs needed more time with Bouchelle and ultimately said, uh, that's not gonna do it for us. I mean I mean, that can happen. And and those are things that we uh that we cannot uh know. Um but yeah. Yeah. Uh all right guys, if you guys want to do us a huge favor and you guys like to bet. Go to FanDuel, use promo code Arrowhead and get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks. Ten dollar first deposit required. New customers only. Twenty one plus and present in Kansas. Gambling problem? One 4700 Kansas. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com or in the description below. Again, FanDuel code Arrowhead and a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. You like money? We like money. Go win yourself some money. Uh, anytime you guys use that code, uh, whatever we tell you to go to, whether you know this one is, is FanDuel, that does help us out a lot. You have no idea. That was how we were able to do that that trip of everyone coming together here in Kansas City, that live show. So again, your guys' help really helps us and hopefully allows us to do more fun events together in the future. So just throwing that out there, bet, win, have fun.
Luttrell says drinking, betting, so many favors being asked. Really, we just take all of our cues from movies like Swingers and The Hangover, and then we just ask everyone to participate with us. So, uh, uh, and next up, uh, Cowboy Killers, the the official sponsor. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, hey Sterling, I wanted to I wanted to ask you something because because of all the moves that I would like to see the Chiefs make, and and I'm going to ask you the same question, but like before the draft, we're we're at one week and two days before the draft's going to happen. If you were to ask me, and I'm pretending you are, Matt, what's the move you want the Chiefs to make before the draft if there is one? I would say I would love to see Frank Clark back in the fold at defensive end. And that doesn't have to be in a starting role like he used to. In fact, it could be you know, more in that Carlos Dunlap, Melvin Ingram kind of a role. I wanted to ask what you thought of that. And how much you'd like to see Frank Clark back, um, and and or are you ready to turn the corner, turn the page from that era in general? If I'm turning the page, it better be the Metallica version. That's all I'm going to say. Turn the uh, page. But I, I like the thought era. process because, frankly, Frank Clark's not going to play a lot this year. Aminahu is going to take a lot of those snaps because I do think the Chiefs will draft a edge rusher in the first two rounds. Yeah. Top three round at a minimum, right? Yeah. So um, you'll see some investment there. Obviously, Karloftis is on one side. You're seeing the uh, emergence of Dana. I think Dana's not going anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, how many spots are left and how many snaps are really left? So uh, I do think another veteran edge rusher makes some sense. I just don't think Frank Clark's going to do it. I think I would like to have Frank Clark back. I think the Chiefs, to an extent, wouldn't mind have Frank, having Frank Clark back. But Frank Clark, the way he's left, it makes me believe he thinks he can get either one more decent-sized contract money-wise or one more ability to be a starter. He would not be a starter anymore on the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he would slide into that Melvin Ingram role, the Carlos Dunlap role. And I'm okay with that, but I don't think he is. And that's what it comes down to. Mm. Yeah, that, that's interesting to me. He, I mean, you know, the Chiefs know how great he is and how important he is in ways that aren't measurable by any sort of stat or or metric and yet um you know you have to give the new guys a chance to me this is that perfect example of that quandary of when do you move on from a player and you know like at this point it doesn't have to be expensive i mean if they can bring him back for cheap but also if you're clark do you want starters minutes for bigger money on a lesser team where you're sitting at home in January, or do you want to participate in really building a legacy? Right. I mean, if he comes along for another championship, then that's like that just furthers his own legacy with the team and his presence on a defense that he's already made such an indelible mark in. I mean, what he's like three sacks away from the all-time record, right? Postseason record, something like that. Yeah. I mean, imagine the chance to reach. For a, for a place like that, that most defenders never get to see because they never get to be in the playoffs that much. I would find that fascinating. Um, but I think you're right. I, I think I think he'd have to maybe swallow his pride a bit to get to get there. I, I will say it's tough. You, you never think you're at that point of your career until you're there. You don't ever think that I am just now a rotational piece. Melvin Ingram, right? He, he went to Miami. He's like, I want to start. I want to make more money. I want to do this, that, and the other. Um, Carlos Dunlap, it, it, you, you hit a certain point when the market tells you this is what you are. But I guarantee deep down, these guys all think, man, I, could, I can still be a starter. I can still get starters numbers, put up those, 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 sack, those sacks. I can still get paid like a starter. But eventually the market dictates what it's going to be. Again, we will find out and we will see. Frank Clark, I don't expect to sign anytime soon. I would expect him to wait. If they want to hold out OTAs, they want to wait and do what um, – was that Melvin Ingram that did that? that yeah, waited just waited until just, like early July, mid-July yeah, before training camp. Seems like something that Frank Clark would do. You, you've been through so many training camps. You've been through so many OTAs. You're not getting a ton out of it at this point. You kind of are who you are. Um, that's when I would expect him to sign. One name that I would be intrigued by, I've said it a couple times on this show – that I think is ready to, to go into this role. I know people who are KU fans or 
our K-State fans are going to say, Sterling, stop talking about Mizzou guys. This doesn't really have a Mizzou connection. It, it is Marcus Golden, but it's not because he went to Mizzou. Okay, sure. So you can take that out of the equation here. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to just be a Mizzou homer here because Marcus Golden, I think, could get the best from him by Joe Cullen. He's been an outside linebacker the majority of his NFL career, but he's also played D-end in a traditional you know, 4-3 set. He had 11 sacks in 2021, starting only five games. Okay. Last year was different. Last year, he started 14 games, had two and a half sacks, had a bad season. He's kind of been up and down. He's had three seasons in his career with double-digit sacks. Okay. So there is a lot of upside he has shown. And not even that long ago. We're talking not last year, the year before. Uh, I don't think there's a big market for a 32-year-old Marcus Golden. And if anyone can get the best out of him, it would be Joe Cullen. I think the versatility he would bring, put him on the other side of George Karloftis, and he wouldn't be someone that you have to have starting, you know, all 17 games. He, he's already been used to that role. I mean, starting uh, five games in 2021, um, that just shows me that he would be okay being a rotational piece. Sure, sure. I, I like that. I'm a little surprised that someone with his history of production – like being so strong at certain times has not already been um, like lured in someplace, you know, signed somewhere when the potential can be that good um, on the field. Um, one thing that comes to my mind though, when we talk about situational pass rushers, one of the ways that we always talked about Leo Chanel when he was coming in was that he might turn into one of those guys who's like, not just a linebacker, but actually someone who would line up as a situational rusher on obvious passing downs um, who could maybe line out wide and wreak some havoc there alongside the linemen um, on the defense. Do you think we could see Chanel begin to develop in that kind of way um, now that he's got some experience um, here in SPAG system? I mean, I thought we were going to. I, I did I really thought we would see Leo Chanel just a little bit last year do some of that, and we didn't. Um, he was a rookie. He had a lot of guys in the pecking order. But that was – I don't want to say disappointing because it's, t- it's tough to be super disappointed in a rookie, right? It's really tough when you win the Super Bowl and say, that rookie should have played more. I wanted to see more of that. Well, you won the Super Bowl. How disappointing can you really be? Um, but I thought we would see him more in that role. We didn't. He's 6'3", 250, so he'd be a little bit undersized. But again, guys like Micah Parsons, he's smaller than Leo Chanel. He's doing fine. Yeah. Um, maybe we see more of that this year. Maybe if, you know, Aminahu is going to be suspended for a few games, you see him fill in in that role. But I don't think we're going to see it with any sort of regularity. Maybe yeah. it's more of a situational a couple times here and there, but not a consistent pass rush from Leo. One of the one of our commenters here, Jonathan Irvin, brings up something that I hadn't really thought too much about. I'd bring back Dunlap or Clark because isn't Ominahue going to be suspended for like six games? I, I don't. I don't. I mean, the legal process isn't played out on that. The the but then again, the NFL often does its own thing. Anyway, do you have any expectations on what could happen there, or or how, like how long he could? So, no. and, and would that affect your roster decision or would you just choose to go thinner and then, and wait that out? I, I would probably do what I was going to do anyways, another okay. veteran and a rookie. Yeah. And, and frankly, that, that might give the, the rookie a, a better opportunity to early on to see what you have in him. I will say tackle and defensive line are the two positions where I always say personally, um, it takes a while for them to really develop. We yeah. saw it with Carl Loftus. We saw it with Aiden Hutchinson. We saw it with Kayvon Thibodeau. It takes about half the year before they really start starts clicking. Yeah. I don't know if it's the size differential. I don't know if it's the speed differential. I don't know if it's just taking out or figuring out how NFL offensive linemen and the schemes and everything work. It's different. Even if you play in the SEC, even if you went to Georgia, even if you're playing Alabama, it's not the same as playing against NFL competition in the offensive lines of the NFL. It always takes them a while. So maybe getting their, their feet wet early, seeing what they have, and then bring Charles Aminahu back, and then you're, you're, you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting the way that you say that because I'm thinking of the secondary. It's totally opposite. 
Remember, remember, Legereus Sneed was a week one starter. And then at, right after that first game, it was like, whoa, who's that guy? Right. Jalen Watson seals the game with that like 99 or 98 yard touchdown return in week two last year. Trent McDuffie misses like seven games on the front end of the hamstring, comes in and looks like a lockdown corner from the from the get-go. Some of those guys in the secondary can come in and play immediately and look great. And uh, but in the trenches is a totally different thing. I, I um, thought you were gonna read from Jonathan Irvin when you said that I got a little nervous. He did say, Sterling, you got to shave the stash, man, looking like an 80s porn star. Now, how would you know what an 80s porn star looks like? Yes, that's a good one. That's a good one. By the way, by the way, you're my friend. And but even if you weren't, I like it. I like the look. I like my grandma would say you're precious. If you were any more (laughs) precious, if you were any more precious, you would be based on the novel Push by Sapphire. That's how good you look. So just saying that there. Yeah. Uh, uh, comment from Joe Brony. Uh, I like the Gabbert addition with Nagy being elevated to OC, adding a veteran to the room makes sense, not to teach Mahomes, but rather to be another set of eyes in the film room. I think it's a good point. I think that's a good point. Um, nice one. Yeah. Um, Sterling, I want to throw the question back at you that I imagined you threw at me, which is if you have a move, like what, like, is that Marcus golden? Is that like, would that be your answer? Yeah. Or or is there any other move that you would rather see before that one? Extension for Chris Jones. Extension for Chris Jones. That's what I want to see. I I don't really care about any other move at this exact moment. I think you'll see an edge rusher, a veteran guy, but it won't be until about June, July. Like it'll be about when you saw um, Ingram sign when you, when you're not Ingram sign, when you see, you know, Dunlap sign or Ingram when he signed with the dolphins, right. It's going to be later on in the, in the year and in the off season. Um, I, I think the draft happens first. I think this is probably what we're going to see until the NFL draft. Again, we're not that far away. So that's probably not too crazy of a take to say, Yeah, but no, I, I think you saw the veteran wide receiver and Richie James come in. You saw them bringing back Justin Watson. I don't see some splashy move. They're not going to go after DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think any team is going after DeAndre Hopkins, it looks like. So um, we'll see. But I think the Chiefs are pretty much set at the moment, and you might see a little veteran splash here and there, but nothing big name. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think anything's going to happen there. And, and you and I discussed this last night too. All of the extensions, I, I think, I think it bears repeating here for all those who are like, oh, when are they going to sign him? When are they going to sign him? As in Chris Jones. Remember when Brett Veach extended Harrison Butker, when Brett Veach extended Tyreek Hill the first time, when, when Brett Veach extended, um, or, or even when, when Dorsey and, and Veach, uh, when, when Chris Jones got his first extension, um, or even Travis Kelsey on his, on the current deal that he's on, all of those deals were done after mid June. It was at least mid June in the calendar all the way through early September. Um, and so, Clearly, the front office is like, let's get our roster construction done, and then we'll get to extending who we need to extend. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see who they go for and and when. Do you think that Jones is the only guy that is going to happen there, or would you think someone else, like you know, Sneed, Willie Gay? You think we'll see someone else in that in that boat this year too? I've gone back and forth so much on Legereus Sneed. I, I, again, I would love to see Legereus Sneed in Kansas City, but but it doesn't always just come down to who do you want here in Kansas City. It comes down to financially, does it make sense? Position of value, does it make sense? Let me stick on Chris Jones really quick, uh, really quick because I do see uh, Lewis says, what would you offer Jones? Uh, I know the report was you wanted to be the second highest paid interior defensive tackle in the NFL, right? So that means Aaron Donald's one. Aaron Donald, his contract was $95 million, AAV of 31.666, repeating, of course, uh, million per season. Um, so if that's number one, you have Jeffrey Simmons who signed uh, recently, who's 25 years old. He signed a four-year deal for 94 million, which breaks down to 23.5 AAV. So you're looking at in between there is what probably Chris Jones wants. Chris Jones, obviously the age is going to be the difference maker here. Um, if I'm looking at personally paying Chris Jones, 
I wouldn't be opposed to a hmm, would you do three for 75, 25 million per year? Oh yeah, I'm totally fine at 25. Do you think it's the fourth year though where the question mark's gonna come in? Three for 75, I could not sign that quick enough if I were the Chiefs. Four for a hundred. Now I might have a little little pause. Yeah. The reason you don't have that deal is because you have little pause, but he has big pause, and that's why he gets the deal because he can <laughs> swat away passes at the line. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I would go, I would go higher than that. I would go twenty six, twenty seven, um, and and make it good guaranteed on the first three, and and then I would, you know, like you know, I mean, if he earns it, if he if he plays well enough to be age thirty two, and paid thirty million a year. I would pay it, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I, I would, uh, I would just leave it. Yeah. I, I will say he's going to be 29 to start next year. Yeah. He's going to be 29. Um, I think you're right. It'd be probably a four year deal where the majority of it's the three years are guaranteed that fourth year is probably going to be a little bit of funny money, but if you can find a way to make Chris Jones happy, that would make him the second highest paid defensive lineman in the NFL uh, especially AAV wise. And that's, I'm assuming what he wants. We're yet to see Quinn and Williams, which might just throw a wrench into all of this, which is why I always like to get out of these things in front. Once you wait, once the market is set for you, then you have to go and jump it. Same thing with Tyree kill. We, we thought they were going to get a deal signed with Tyree kill. Then Devontae Adams had his deal. And next thing you know, well, price went up. If you wait for Quinn and Williams, I'm going to tell you right now, price is going to go up. So, yeah, Quinton said he wants 23 to 25. So, you know, if that's the case, if he gets the top end of that, now you got to start at a new floor. Yep. What do you do with that? Yep. Uh, and I don't blame Chris Jones. Chris Jones is going to get his one last big payday, and he deserves it. I mean, he outplayed Aaron Donald last year. He was the biggest game wrecker in the interior of any player in the NFL. I mean, he was top three NFL defensive player of the year voting. He, he's incredible. He He's the one guy for the Chiefs you cannot let walk. Yeah. Legereus Sneed, I'll get to him now. I love Legereus Sneed. His versatility is incredible. Incredible. But cornerback just doesn't have that same impact, especially a lot of times that he's playing the slot, that Chris Jones has. Chris Jones wrecks the game. Legereus Sneed is an incredible piece to have, but I don't. I wouldn't say he wrecks the game. I wouldn't say he wrecks the game. Chris Jones does. Um, the Chiefs have not kept cornerbacks in the past. Uh, you got to go back to what Brandon Flowers, Brandon Carr, and even those guys got away. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Marcus Peters was gone. Chavarius Ward, if you want to go Brett Veach era, Chavarius Ward was a very good player here. Went yeah. to San Fran, put up a top 10 CB um, ranking last year. I mean, he was incredible for San Francisco. They didn't keep him. Yeah. They said, they said, you're gone. I don't know what that means for Legereus Sneed. He's more versatile than Legereus Sneed. I mean, I mean, Legereus is more versatile than Chavarius Ward. But at the same time, Chavarius Ward is more of a traditional coverage corner. Those guys get paid more. Yeah. This is a very intriguing situation. Yeah. If you wanted to keep this defense very, very inexpensive, you sign Jones like that, but then you draft, but then you draft a guy like Brian Branch out of Alabama in the first round, the, the guys, a, um, the guys like Snead. I mean, you could, you could put him in nickel corner. He can play versatile all over as safety. So he would be that guy again. The guys had like Buda Baker kind of comparisons. Um, you're, you're just going to see, you know, if you do that, then you could trade Snead, let him go, keep the secondary hyper cheap. The linebackers are going to stay a little bit cheaper. Um, as well until you have to extend probably Bolton. I'm not sure that Willie Gay Jr. is getting an extension. I, yeah, I, I, know. I, I just don't know. If so, he will have earned it um, after – like he needs another year to prove it. And then at that point, he's probably pretty expensive. So, you know, either way, it could be out. So that'll, that'll be interesting. But, um, yeah, you know, it could turn into Chris Jones expensive and then a bunch of cheap guys on rookie deals. I mean, yeah. it, it could be that. 
I, I see Richard in the chat. He, you know, Sneed is him. Sneed sacks were huge during the year. I'm not disagreeing. I, I think LeJarrius Sneed is clear cut the second best player defensively for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm just telling you what the Chiefs have done, what they have shown us. They don't value corner, especially when they hit on cornerbacks. LeJarrius Sneed was a fourth uh, fourth round draft pick. Uh, Rashad Fitton was a sixth round draft pick and made an impact in the Super Bowl, the first one, right? Or the second one, technically. Um, you know, they got impact plays from Joshua Williams, fourth round, Jalen Watson, seventh round. They just sunk a first rounder in a Trent McDuffie. So that's a fifth year option on him. Uh, if they draft a cornerback this year, that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. If they draft a cornerback relatively early, I'll say first three rounds, first four rounds this year, that would lead me to believe Legereus Need is gone. Wow. Boy, I'd hate to see it. I mean, I'd hate to see it. I love. I love him so much, but after the Tyreek Hill trade, all bets are off. Like to me at that point, the chiefs are looking at, I, I feel like someone could have said before, maybe this is what we can debate here. I feel like someone could have said before, Oh, the only thing that matters around here is Patrick Mahomes. I'd be like, well, I get it, but no, you've got Patrick, Tyreek, Travis, Chris, maybe even Tyron. You get a lot of guys here that matter. After, you know, after Matthew leaves, Reed comes in. After you trade Tyreek, suddenly you're like, you know what? Really the only one that does, like, that has no, there's no price. There's no, you know, like, under any circumstances are we going to allow him to go? No, everyone is, everyone's open. That doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make them, uh, it doesn't mean the Chiefs don't value them. It just means that there's a price. Yeah. And they can be had. And, uh. Yeah, I just think that's the lesson we learned from last offseason. Well, and I think what's so impactful is Brett Veach is not scared to make the unpopular move. Brett Veach is not in the business of selling jerseys. He's not in the business of um, making the fans always happy, at least in the moment. He's in the business of winning Super Bowls. He won one last year while trading away Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Tyreek Hill was not only just a fan favorite, he was putting up records here in Kansas City, right? He, he was going to be... The, the, the all-time, all breaking all these wide receiver records here. And he said, you know what? No. We think we can be better this upcoming season and for the future trading him away. We can't be held, by, held back by that contract. He did it. You know how unpopular that was when it happened? How many people oh, said, yeah. what the bleep is he doing? And oh, if that yeah. didn't work out, say so the Chiefs took a massive step back, uh, step back offensively, he could have potentially been on the hot seat. Yeah. I mean, seriously. That's the kind of move that could put a, a head coach or a GM on the hot seat. But he he believed in his convictions, and it worked. It's the same reason why I keep saying the Chiefs trade back from 31, he'll do it. If that is the best way that this team gets better, if Brett Veach believes that trading back out of the first round will help this team, he'll do it. He's not in the business of making the fans happy on um, April 27th. He's in the business of making them happy in February, holding up the Lombardi. That's a good. That's quote. what he cares about. I mean, it's that's true. A good though. Quote. Yeah, it's true. That's what he's about. Yeah, yeah. That's boy. That's a great quote about April twenty seventh. You're totally right there. Although, you know, I think although you know, we all want to see a you know, at least a draft pick, if not like some sexy move up the draft board, um, or or whatnot. But uh, yeah, hey, I want to I want to um, switch gears here just real fast. Um, the terms came out on your boy. I want to talk about this. Uh, Richie James signed uh, a one-year deal with the Chiefs. The ter- the official terms came out a few days ago, uh, and it's pretty minimal, dude. It it is the only guaranteed money going Richie James's way was less than what I thought it would be, five hundred and fifty like two thousand dollars. Uh, going his way, way less than Justin Watson and anyone else. I I know you love the guy. I know you're for him. I, I'm not against him, of course. Like we all want to see all the Chiefs and every Chief do well. But at the time when I saw it, I thought, oh my gosh, the money says this guy's not even guaranteed a roster spot. When at the time he was signed, I think we all were like, okay, here's wide receiver four and. 
He's sliding in for McCole Hardman, and he's going to help on offense and return. I wondered what you thought when you saw the terms of the deal. Did that change your mind any about what to expect from him, um, et cetera? No. <laughs> it, 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 it really didn't. I, I, well, I don't have extreme expectations for him. It's not like I'm saying he's going to have over 800 yards receiving this year. I, I, I think he is who he is. And I will also say this. I bet he could have made more money if he would have waited a little longer. I bet he could have gone to a different team and made a little bit more money, but you've been stuck on the Giants for how long? You're 27 now. You might want to start winning a game or two. You might see what it's like to play with Mahomes instead of Danny Dimes. Like th- th- these are all equation or all parts of an equation that could be taken into account here. So sure, sure. I-, I don't think Richie James is going to have a massive impact next year, but the point is I think he helps this team in a multitude of ways. Number one, I think it helps Kadarius Tony. I-, I-, I, again, I hate saying it, but Richie James is going to take the unnecessary hits that Tony was probably going to take. Yeah. That's a little bit of what it is. Kadarius Tony. I don't want to take some unnecessary hits running these gadget plays that McCole Hardman ran. Richie James is explosive in his own right. Tony, while more explosive, he's not shown the ability to stay healthy. Let's let Tony focus on being the best wide receiver he can be. The Chiefs want to be wide receiver one. Don't be running these gadget plays. Yeah. You, you don't need to be running these in rounds. You don't need to be running that stuff. Let Richie James handle that. Kadarius, you focus on being wide receiver one. That's what Richie da- James does. That's what he allows. That's why I think it's such a good signing. Um, I'm, that's why I'm a big fan of it. Just, just everything Richie James can do. Yes, he doesn't excel at anything, but he can take a lot of weight off of some of the back end of these guys, which in turns helps the top end of the wide receiving core. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the return stuff. You know, we've talked about this before, but I just feel like when the Kansas City Chiefs saw Tyreek Hill during his rookie year, they came away from that evaluation saying, We gotta clear his plate. We've got to let him focus only on offense. And the history books themselves have been rewritten for the franchise because of that move that they did. I'm not saying that Kadarius Tony is going to reset the record books in Kansas City, but I would say the way to get Kadarius Tony to live up to his potential as a top 20 NFL draft pick is you clear his slate, you let him focus, you give him the rock, and you let him feast. And, and, um, you also cross your fingers that he stays healthy. Um, but hopefully with that, they've already did this with Tyreek, and Tyreek developed in a way that no one saw coming, right? Like after the fact, you're like, when did he learn to track the ball like that? When did he learn to make that contested catch? And, you know, like when did he get that strong? Um, it's pretty amazing, pretty amazing yeah. story. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with Richie James. Um a valuable versatile piece. But again, that contract is, is not a lot. Um, and I wonder if part of that was he was finally done being on a, a losing organization. Although I will say the giants are turning up, turning the page. Uh, fine. We'll go Bob Seeker this time. We'll, we'll instead the Metallica version. We'll, we'll switch it up a little bit here. So <laughs> nice um, folks, by the way, if you're listening in and want to hang out with us, with a little bit of swag on, just want to let you know we got you covered. Look, the Arrowhead Attic merch store is live. You can visit it right now by clicking the link in the description of the video, the podcast, however you're taking this in. Uh, look, we've got shirts, we've got hoodies, we've got baby onesies. Do we have bath mats? Do we have shower caps? Um, I need Arrowhead Attic swag when I'm trying to get dressed for the day. Uh, if not, we should get that. Richard, can you get on that? I don't know if you can. Anyway, just so you know, we have a super secret promo code for this week's listeners use the code wacky that's w-a-a-c-k-y wacky with two a's to get 10 percent off your order today and make sure to use that fast it will expire by this saturday rev the podcast help us out support us and uh yeah we appreciate it i'm getting excited for the draft i'm gonna be there uh it's gonna be a lot of fun i'll be there i think almost every single day um, so if anyone's coming to the draft, feel free to hit me up. I know if in the discord, I know some people are down there, uh, feel free, just reach out on discord. Or if you're coming, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I'll be down there having some fun. Uh, Patrick will be there. Patrick's going to be there. I think we're gonna meet up at some, some point. Um, I don't know what all I'm doing. 
I, I don't know. I, I have a media pass and I have no idea what I'm doing. So we're, we're going to find out. Maybe I'm there asking questions. Maybe I'm there drinking beers. Maybe I'm there just vibing. I have no idea. We're, we're going to find out. You, you need to hug Roger Goodell. Do you think he'd like that? Do you think if I went up to Roger and said, I hey, do. Raj, I gotta say, hey, Raj, like, hey, Raj, come here, bring it in, bud. I can act like we're long lost friends. I, I, I mean, you have the 80s mustache. He'd probably think you were from back in the day. He'd, <laughs> he'd probably be scratching his head going, how do I know this guy? And by that time, you've already like hug accomplished, right? I mean, at that point, you're already done. Yeah. And then I just hold up a jersey. I'll pretend I'm someone else. Boom. There we go. That's maybe how I realized my dream of being a professional athlete. Maybe you're a for, maybe you're a former player. <laughs> Who could you be? Maybe you're, I don't know. Maybe you're uh, Mike cloud. <laughs> That's a bull. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're uh, Anthony Becht. Um, yeah, I don't know. A poll. Yeah, I'm I'm making some up. What are you most excited about for the draft? The drama of of the of the Chiefs making picks, or just the fact that it's like in Kansas City in general? In Kansas City in general, but I think what makes this draft so much fun, if you're going down, if you're a fan of not just the Chiefs, but of any team, I think anything can happen. Like I honestly think this might be one of those wild drafts in recent memory. There's not a clear cut number one. What's going to happen with Jalen Carter? How much movement are we going to see? The Texans have two picks in the top 12. Are they going to trade back from two and then trade up to seven and draft Will Levis at seven? Like, we don't know what's going to happen. I'm very excited. The Chiefs are at 31. I don't think they're going to draft at 31. They're trading back or trading forward, and my gut tells me they're trading forward. I think they might trade up and try and get Darnell Wright. If he's on the move, you see him around 20. Watch out. Chiefs might go up 11 spots. Like, this is a situation where almost anything is on the table. You know, originally CJ Stratt was going one. All of a sudden, look at the betting odds. Now it's Bryce Young. Yeah. How far will, will CJ Stroud go? Because now Will Levis is going up people's boards. Like, this is an insane potential draft. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I was there in Philly when they drafted Mahomes. I was there when they traded up. That was an incredible experience. Just being there when your team makes a draft pick is so fun. Just because there's all that hope. But the Chiefs, they have a different kind of hope. Like, yeah. we already have the main core pieces. Yeah. Now you're getting the, the fun add-ons. That, that's the great feeling of, for Chiefs fans. You're not trying to find the guy because you have the guy. You're looking who can help the guy. And that's a great spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I um, you know, the Chiefs, are, the Chiefs are already a great team. I keep telling my, I keep trying to tell myself that I'd be just fine with a tight end and I would get over a running back in the first round. Like, I feel like, okay, I'd be fine with it. I'd be okay. But I don't know. I just, I really, I really want to tackle or I really want to pass rusher. I don't even really want a wide receiver, but, uh, but I'd take one, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens there. I was thinking this the other day. Where, where was this? Um, The worst draft pick of all time okay now i'm not gonna say ryan leaf because ryan leaf i think a lot of people had him where he was at it it just sucks jamarcus russell it's too common obviously mitchell trubisky it's it's too common saw this one bet mgm posted this one how about top 60 pick roberto aguayo the kicker drafted 59th overall oh gosh and if you want the Kansas City connection, the Bucks traded with the Chiefs a third and fourth round for this pick. So not only did they give up a second rounder, a third rounder, and a fourth round sunk into this kicker, he lasted only one year before he was released. Oh, geez. How bad did he have like mental? There had to be like some mental issues going on there where he just couldn't overcome. I don't know. I have no idea. Whatever happened to Roberto? Uh, Aguayo. Aguayo. Is he still in the NFL somewhere? He's a free agent. All right. Get on it. Get on it, Brett Veach. You know, he is yeah. a free agent. He he played in all 16 games for Tampa Bay. He went 
what is this? Uh, give me the, the whole list, you son of a gun. Why are you making this so difficult? Um, oh, he was only four of 10 from 40 yards plus. Four of 11 from 40 yards plus. That'll do it. Dude, that's like, that's like me or you out there. <laughs> I would be so bad. I would like slip. I would slip two steps toward the ball and then just start screaming in the fetal position, knowing that like a 300 whatever pound guy was like running toward me. I would like, I would just, I would just wither and die. I, yeah, I I wasn't made for competition. I don't know. Would you, would you, could you, do you think you could kick a field goal against like real special teams competition? Uh, no, no, but I just love you. I I was not built for real competition. I, I don't know why, but put that on a shirt. Matt Connor, I was not made for real competition. That's true, man. It's true. Unless it's like risk. Dude, I'll take Madagascar. Give me Madagascar. I'll, I'll win all day. I'll win all day. I'll take all y'all. Anyway, uh, bring yeah. Richard in here. Come on. We're, Please do. We're gone long enough. This is silly. What's up, guys? What's up, Richard? How we doing? Good show, huh? I'm loving the punts from Matt. I'm I'm threatening to end the stream every moment. Oh man, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't even get to use half of my Blaine Gabbert punts. Use okay. it now's the time. Come on. I, I didn't get Come to blame on. I didn't get to blame it on the rain. I didn't get to I'm not gonna do them all because Richard look muscles. at Richard already. Come He's on. gonna cut me off. All right, here we go. Uh folks, we've reached the time at the end of our show where uh, that we call the must list. It's the time where we try our best to pay something back to the audience by uh, recommending something that we hope you will enjoy since we've enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, let me ask you, uh, Richard. Do you want to lead us out? What do you like? What do you have this week for your must list? All right, we're gonna go normal. That's kind of. I think that's the rhythm I should go with. I should do a few normal ones, and then we'll go something wacky. So uh, this week, I've got a forty-pound book I have to pull over. We're gonna recommend <laughs> the Goon. I'm not recommending you pick up the forty-pound book, but I'm recommending the graphic novel. I'm called gonna go the Goon. normal. Here's a forty-pound book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you should all you should all uh, grab a copy of the forty-pound Goon uh, compendium here. But Eric Powell's uh, supernatural horror action uh, comic is 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 really lovely. It's got amazing art too. I mean, look at this silly stuff. You've got a, a psychic seal. Doesn't doesn't that just tickle your funny bone there, Connor? Psychic seal, an ad for a psychic seal. There's like a, a if I turn to the right page, there's like a Hellboy crossover. Like it, it's you know it's the vibe I love, which is just horror and Dude. monsters and zombies. And uh, yeah, so I wanted to recommend the goon. Check it out if you just want a fun read. It's not too you know it's not too brainy. It's just good schlock. <laughs> that, that's your normal. Yeah, that's my normal. That's a pretty dude, normal recommendation. You would, work, uh, dude. If you lift that book over and over, you'd like work your gabs. You, you like that would be your gabdomen would look really great if you did great that. Great job, Matt. Thanks. Your turn. Hey, I'll, I'll go next. Uh, <laughs> I can't recover from that. I can't recover from that. Uh, so I just saw a movie called Linoleum. It's brand. It's brand new, coming out, and it's um, uh, Jim Gaffigan, the comedian, and then like Rhea Seahorn, who's the uh, the main girl, Kim Wexler from Better Call Saul. And they play this like, it's like middle-aged man falling apart. He plays like an old, like Bill Nye, the science guy. Like it's Jim Gaffigan. It's like a real serious role. And it's like part sci-fi, part drama, part, like it's kind of a crazy, weird meta, like Charlie Kaufman kind of thing. If you're into that okay. uh, in the films. And anyway, it's the first, it's a, it's a new director. He wrote it and directed it and then spent all these years on it. And they filmed it during the the pandemic. And uh, anyway, it's called Linoleum. It just came out. It's so good, and uh, it's like pretty moving. But anyway, yeah, that's. Does Gaffigan do his uh, his famous hot pocket jokes in the middle of the film? Hot pocket. Yeah. Uh, no, he. I mean, he's like he's like real serious. It's like when um, you ever seen like when Adam Sandler did like Punch Drunk. Yes, like when I you love see, Punch Drunk. Yeah, or Punch Drunk Love, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you see a, a comedian do these like oddly serious roles. Even like Will Ferrell in uh, like Stranger Than Fiction or something, you're like, oh wow, there's some like more depth here than than maybe what I thought. And uh, yeah, anyway, Gaffigan's like way better than you think he'd be. And so yeah, I thought it was good. How much does that uh, movie weigh? By the way, is, is it compared to the, my big book? Yeah, when you start weighing things, I thought it was in the Tolstoy 
you know, War and Peace. That's the book yeah. That's how you book. should compare. Like, you know, like when people say, "How much do you bench?" It's like, yeah. yeah, how much do you read? And I mean that in like pounds. Yeah, mm. how, how much Tolstoy is it? How, how much is how much is the Tolstoy? Uh, mine's gonna be normal. Sorry, guys. Uh, sorry for everyone for letting you down. Mine's gonna be normal. Uh, Dirty Honey, the band Dirty Honey. Uh, then EP, then album called Dirty Honey. Uh, the EP came out in 2019. Really good hard rock. Rolling Sevens is an incredible song. California Dreamin' is a really good one as well. When I'm Gone, Heartbreaker. Uh, a really big fan of Dirty Honey. If you're into some newer rock that kind of is kind of Zeppelin-esque, you know, a little Zeppelin-esque, I, I would recommend Dirty Honey. Really, really good. Do you like Dirty Honey in general? Like bees like bees who refuse to wash their hands during, the, during COVID, and they're like, I'm not doing that. And they, they're like, you know. I'm just going to end it. I'm just going to end the show. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm going right, to say this. Go. I, I blame it on the a, 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 a alcohol for, for Matt Connor. And there's your last pun. There's your last one. All right, that's good. That's good. I don't know. This was, this was the, the worst thing we decided to ever do is, is a pun show about Blaine <sighs> Gabber. But yet here we are. And thank you guys so much for being with us. I see everyone chatting. Uh, so apparently they didn't hate us too much. This is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. I'll be back tomorrow with uh, Adam Best. We'll di- take a deep dive, talking more about the draft, uh, some wide receivers as well. For Matt Connor, for Richard, I am Sterling Holmes. We are out. I'm sorry. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.